This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, well, APAS held its annual meeting yesterday in a virtual format because of the coronavirus. We talk with Todd Lewis, who was re-elected president for his fifth year at the helm. APAS also released a report today citing 43 recommendations to improve rural internet and cell phone service and provide a major boost, a boost of more than a billion dollars to the Saskatchewan economy. We have a two-part interview with the chair of the APAS task force on rural internet connectivity. We also have a report on from Saskatchewan Agriculture. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Regina area farmer Todd Lewis has been re-elected president of APAS, the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Lewis was re-elected following the APAS annual meeting yesterday. It was held in a virtual format. He moves into his fifth year as president of Saskatchewan's General Farm Group. Well, it's always an honor, I guess, to be president of an organization like APAS. And it's been a number of years now that I've been in the position. And uh, the workload doesn't seem to get any less. There's always seems to be lots of farm policy to talk about. And, and uh, you know, we've got a busy, busy winter this past winter. And, uh, you know, I think for the rest of the year with things like carbon tax, rural connectivity, uh, you know, all the, the Canadian Grain Act review, the, you know, APAS has a lot of work in front of us over the next number of months and look forward to getting at her and uh, trying to influence some policy. At the annual meeting yesterday, you had a number of resolutions. Outline some of those key ones for me. You know, we had a, uh, the I guess, code of uh, conduct, I guess, as far as the uh, what's been released for grain growers over this past winter. Uh, really, we've we had a resolution that uh, rejected that proposal uh, outright, uh, not saying that they shouldn't go back, they shouldn't uh, try and create a, a, a code of conduct, but I think we want to go back to the drawing board and, and look forward to being involved in that process. And and uh, growers were uh, just generally not happy with what, what was rolled out late last fall and, uh, you know, through the through the winter months here we've We've heard lots of pushback on some of the proposals in that code, so I think we need to uh, go back to the drawing board. Producers are are more than willing to, uh, you know, put uh, their money where their mouth is as far as how they how they grow their grain and and uh, providing uh, a safe product for consumers. But they weren't very happy with some of the, especially the land use portions of the of the current code of the set. Could you give a little more detail? What are some of the key concerns? I just think some of the uh, pieces around land management, we heard lots of that. I think water management as well. You know, I think those are just some examples where uh, farmers thought some of those were pretty impractical and, you know, they want to they have good conduct is good for our industry, but at the same time, uh, when it gets into land management and so on, there was lots of pushback on that. There was also a discussion, of course, around the idea of improving cell phone coverage. Give me a comment or two on that. 
Well, we're releasing today, uh, uh, you know, our rural, rural connectivity uh, report. We had a task force of, I believe it was six producers across the province that spoke to uh, stakeholders, uh, you know, all the way from large providers, service providers like TELUS and, uh, you know, other other companies to their size, uh, you know, SAS Tele, of course, it's so important in the province. And also a, lot, a number of smaller internet providers, as well as bureaucrats, regulatory people that they make the rules for the telecommunications industry in this country. And so we had a good broad ranging conversation with these people. And as I say, numerous folks, and we came up with some recommendations and, and hopefully we'll see some of these implemented and uh, see an improvement for services in rural Saskatchewan. We had some snow this week and uh, the soil is pretty dry. What, when are you hoping to start spring seeding? Oh, on this farm, on our farm, just south of Regina here, we're usually, that last week of April is plenty early. Uh, you know, the fir- first of May is always the target. And uh, sounding by the forecast, you know, over the weekend here and so on, uh, guys will really be thinking of hooking up their drills and, and get them point- pointed towards the field here over the next uh, week or 10 days. So I think uh, we're going to have an early seeding if it stays like this, but we'll be very happy if we get delayed and uh, have a few rain events. Between now and the 1st of May, if uh, we can't start because it's too wet, it's exceedingly dry along a, a lot of the su- southern Saskatchewan. You know, the snow was welcome, but it ended up in places that didn't need it as badly as the, as the southern half of the grain belt does. So we're, we're uh, still looking for that rain event and uh, hoping we see some of that before seeding. Ian Boxall of Tisdale and Bill Probilski of Willowbrook were re-elected as vice presidents of APAS at the annual meeting yesterday. Also during the virtual meeting, delegates adopted 43 recommendations on improving internet and cell phone service. And coming up, we'll have full details on the report designed to improve rural internet and cell phone service. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. A total of 43 recommendations have been made to improve rural internet and cell phone service in the province. For the past six months, the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan has been talking to experts about an issue affecting everyone in rural areas. Jeremy Welter from Crawford is the chair of the APAS Rural Connectivity Task Force. The reason we put the task force together was basically, you know, over the last, and I would say probably a couple of years now, we have been constantly hearing about issues with rural connectivity and rural internet and it's just really with the pandemic and everything it it really became an incredibly uh timely issue for us to uh to look at because it, it really got to the point where you know people people began to realize you know this is this isn't a a this isn't an issue that's going away but you know more importantly than that in a pandemic situation where people are kind of forced to live and, and uh, you know, work and study uh, at home online, you know, this is this is an issue that, that needs to be addressed. It's it's something that should have been addressed any number of, of years ago. But, of course, with, with the pandemic, it just really, uh, really pulled it into focus how far behind rural Saskatchewan and, and, and really the entire country is in, uh, in, in being connected. So tell me what's in the recommendations from the report that's been put together. So the, the entire report has 43 recommendations, I believe. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that you're not asking me to, uh, you know, give you kind of a three-hour synopsis of it, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll go through some of the ones that I found were the most, the most important ones to me, and this is this, I call this my personal opinion. 
I think one of the biggest ones and probably one of the easiest ones to do is something that I think everyone would go, that just seems to be common sense. It's kind of a dig once policy recommendation. You know, the idea is that if you ever are in an area where there's a new build going on or where there is existing upgrades being done to, or rather upgrades being done to existing infrastructure, if you're in there already, lay down the fiber. You know, the actual cost of laying down fiber between 75 and 90% of the cost is just the laying of it. It's the labor cost. It's digging up, you know, the street or, 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 or 20 country miles. It's uh, it, very little uh, of the actual cost of fiber is the cost of the actual fiber cable. So, you know, the, the, the policy recommendation on a dig once uh, situation is if, if you're already in there once, put the fiber down. That way it's there when it's needed, but it's not a case of, okay, now we need it. Now we've got to go back and dig up something that maybe we already had dug up five or six years ago. You know, another good set of policy recommendations for, for the, for the province just of Saskatchewan is, you know, our, our big benefit, our, our, our big Saskatchewan advantage is the fact that we have SaskTel. You know, the, the, we're the only province in the country that has a crown corporation in our, our telecom and, uh, you know, it's important that people remember that SaskTel is kind of beholden to uh, the ratepayers. Okay, SaskTel has an obligation to the people of Saskatchewan to provide them with service. Some would argue I would be one of them. Moreover, that obligation, I would say, trumps the obligation to, say, for example, the uh, the Treasury Department. We want to have a profitable company, obviously, but... Uh, I don't think that should come at the expense of uh, further and in, in, in increased and in ongoing investments in, you know, connecting some of our rural areas. That's Jeremy Welter from Crawbert, the chair of the APAS Rural Connectivity Task Force. We'll have more in the interview with Jeremy after the break and the farm weather. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM, here to break down the recent agreement on BRM changes is Steve Funk. He's the Director of Ag Risk Management Resources at MNP based in Lethbridge, Alberta. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us here today. So g- give us your reaction, your thoughts on the agreement. Well, uh, you know, I think the reference margin limiting removal, that was a huge win for the agriculture sector. Uh, that program feature... Um, what was put in place back in 2013 uh, with growing forward to further changes were made to it uh, with the cap agreement uh, several years ago. And that has been a very confusing and, and not a well understood feature uh, that actually reduced the benefits for a lot of producers in, in certain sectors like grains and oil seeds, cow, calf, farrow, hog farrowing operations, you know, a number, a number of others who would have had limited reference margins. And because it wasn't well understood, um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of other producers 
might've felt that, Hey, maybe that affects me. And, and, you know, that kind of, uh, colored their perception towards the program as well. Um, you know, overall it made it, uh, less, less predictable, less, less bankable, less transparent, and, and certainly very complicated. So the removal, uh, I think is a huge win. It's a little disappointing that the contribution rate wasn't, wasn't agreed upon, but it, you know, it is, it is encouraging that, uh, that's still being considered because that's something that would give, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, extra to, um, any, any producer who qualified for agri-stability benefits. You know, the reference margin limit removal, that was something that cattle associations across the country really, really lobbied for. for from your perspective, does this kind of make it a, I don't know if I should say no-brainer, but th- th- this makes it an easy decision. If, if you're in that sector ranching, you need to be signing up now. Uh, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and then um, they were very generous as well in terms of extending the deadline from April 30th to June 30th to give people a little bit of extra time to, to think about that and, you know, maybe, um, maybe regroup and, and get their heads back around that because, uh, you know, I, I think they, uh, producers who did have limited margins before and, and now they have this opportunity to sign up, they definitely should be looking at it. Now, you mentioned grains and oil seeds. Now, my understanding is the the winner in this regard is people that are regions where, you know, uh, it's a little bit more of a focus on the, the cost side than the revenue side due, due to due to weather conditions. So, you know, the southern areas of Saskatchewan, maybe the southern areas of Alberta in some areas, th- those are the winners. Maybe not somebody that's necessarily in Red Deer where they're, they're focused on high, high revenue. Is, is that a fair comparison or am I out of line there? Well, it's all based on cost structure, Sean. And when I say cost structure, I'm not speaking of their entire income statement, uh, the, all the costs on the income statement. I'm only talking about certain ones that make their way into that agri-stability margin. So I'm talking about the agri-stability eligible items, the direct input costs. Mm-hmm. So if you compare those agri-stability eligible items in, in a reference margin to the eligible income that's in that reference margin, um, anyone who had a ratio of eligible expense to eligible income of less than 0.5 would have been limited. It's, it's the people that have lower costs relative to the revenue yeah. okay. in the agri-stability margin. What about uh, intensive livestock operations? Well, for, for the feed yards, they generally have a high cost structure, you know, in terms of what I was just uh, talking about there. And so those would not have limited margins. And, and, you know, so therein lies the disappointment. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, wind up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, plus 5, the low, minus 4. 
Thursday, sunny, wind southwest 30, gusting to 50. The high tomorrow, 14 degrees. The wind chill minus 10 in the morning. The low plus 2. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 12, the low minus 3. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low plus 1. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 15, the low minus 1. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 14, the low plus 2. And Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high near 13. Normal high for this date, 7 degrees, the normal low minus 6. The sun rose at 6.37 this morning. It sets at 7.28 tonight. And currently, the hot spot in Saskatchewan, Maple Creek at plus 5. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids at minus 13. Estevan right now, minus 4. Saskatoon, minus 1. Swift Current, 0. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 5. Regina's sunny and minus 1. That's 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 13. Humidity is 49%. The barometer dropping, 103.0. Sunny and Moose Jaw, plus 1. Winds are from the south, southwest at 18. Once again, Regina, sunny minus one. That's 30 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group three herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. APAS says improved rural internet and cell phone service would be a boost of more than a billion dollars to the Saskatchewan economy. APAS has made a total of 43 recommendations to improve rural internet and cell phone service in the province. For the past six months, the APAS has been talking to experts about an issue affecting everyone in the rural areas. Jeremy Welter from Crawford is the chair of the APAS Rural Connectivity Task Force. The estimation is that uh, a fully connected Saskatchewan adds about $1.2 billion to our GDP. I think that's a valid argument for, uh, you know, working towards getting everybody, you know, up-to-date, high-speed, accessible uh, internet. The benefit that we have in Saskatchewan with our Crown Corporation is that they do have an obligation to the people of Saskatchewan. And, 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 and through that, it means that I think they are beginning to recognize that they can't and shouldn't be the be-all and end-all when it comes to connecting everyone. You know, there's, there's a number of, uh, of smaller provincial, uh, smaller organizations and smaller companies in the province that are doing, uh, you know, really, really good things locally, making a, a, a viable, profitable business in an area where, uh, you know, maybe a, a bigger company, you know, certainly someone like Rogers and Telus, but even, even someone like SAS Teller Access, you know, maybe they can't make uh, a good business argument for serving an area where there's, you know, 5, 10 or 15 people. But a lot of the smaller companies in the province can. What they need is they need support from SASTEL. They need access to some of SASTEL's backhaul service and some of SASTEL's broadband service. And, and I think, you know, I, I think SASTEL's coming to that realization where it makes more sense to, you know, open yourself up and, and, and work towards creating partnerships with smaller companies. So we've got a number of recommendations towards that as well. So it sounds like a very uh, compiled and busy report. What's the next step with this report? 
So the next step now that we have completed it and, uh, and made it public is the, the document now becomes what we call a, a living policy recommendation. So this is what we will take when we are meeting with private companies, public companies, uh, provincial, federal government. Uh, you know, we take this to show them we've done the we've done the research. We've talked to people, you know, some of the researchers we've talked to, they spent the better part of, of most of their career studying uh, this issue over the last 20 years. What we do is we take this to them and we show them not just the recommendations that we've got, but the reasoning behind those recommendations and the benefits of enacting the recommendations. And then as we talk to, to you know, government and, and, and bureaucrats and policy people in the, in the provincial and federal organizations, you know, we hopefully we're able to start putting green check marks by a bunch of things. But also because of the fact that it is going to be a living document, there's also going to be, I'm quite positive, there's going to be some changes and updates as we get, uh, you know, more in-depth and, and, and more information from some of the provincial and federal uh, counterparts. Jeremy Welter from Crawford is the chair of the APAS Rural Connectivity Task Force. We'll have more after the break and the farm weather. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call one 800 340 2311. The livestock specialist in Kindersley has some advice for if the cows are two or three years old, they will need to do all of this and continue to grow. The amount of milk a beef cow produces is dependent upon her genetic potential, the quality and quantity of the feed and water she is provided, and the amount of feed she consumes. There is a direct link between feed quality and feed intake. The better the quality of the feed, the more feed a cow will be able to eat. The more she eats, the more milk she makes, the faster her calf grows. Providing all the energy, protein, minerals and vitamins the cow requires to reach her maximum milk production potential is a challenging task. Free choice, high quality alfalfa grass hay will almost meet the requirements but will likely come up short of providing enough energy. The addition of rolled grain to the diet is often used to minimize this energy shortfall. Cereal silage may provide a higher energy density but will likely be deficient in protein. The water content of silage may limit nutrient intake and the calcium to phosphorus ratio will also likely be imbalanced. There is no single feedstuff that routinely provides the balance of all the nutrients that a cow requires during lactation. As herd sizes have increased, the use of mixer wagons to blend silage, byproducts and dry forages together has also increased. Figuring out the most appropriate combination of ingredients is accomplished through feed testing, building balanced rations and weighing the feeds being provided. Providing a well-balanced ration will allow your cows to make as much milk as they can, increase the probability of subsequent pregnancy, optimize the use of available feedstuffs, and increase an operation's profitability. For more information about feeding beef cows to maximize milk production, contact the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist. This is Dwayne Summick, Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist in Kindersley, with the Saskatchewan Agriculture Report. Coming up, market update. 
There has never been a better time to own a piece of Degelman equipment. Visit your local Degelman dealer and get your name on a brand new piece of Degelman equipment for 2021. Take advantage of the aggressive end-of-year programs. Whether you're looking for ProTel high-performance discs, Strawmaster series of heavy harrows, legendary rock removal, land rollers, or bulldozer blades, Degelman has what you need to make seeding, harvesting, and snow removal easier. Visit Degelman.com. Degelman. Engineered tough. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola gained $2.20 at $663.87. Number one red spring wheat dropped $3.15 at $265.63 per metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $312.32. Feed barley, $247.68. Flax, $730.47. Lentils, $644.50. Yellow peas, $383.70, and feed wheat, $238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are down three cents at five ninety-eight and three-quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Assiniboia Livestock had a pre-sort and regular sale on March 24th. 400 to 450 pound steers sold from 242 to 246. 450 to 500 pound steers sold from 224 to 229. 500 to 550 pound steers sold from 227 to 231. 550 to 600 pound steers sold from 216 to 231. 600 to 650 pound steers sold from 211 to 225. 650 to 700 pound steers sold from 201 to 215. 700 to 800 pound steers sold from 186 to 201. 800 to 900 pound steers sold from 166 to 177. Heifers are still 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. The cows and bulls are holding from our last sale. Heiferettes sold from 102 to 121. D1 and D2 cows sold from 80 to 92 cents. D3 cows sold from 60 to 75 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 105 to 109. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboya Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,300 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 215 to 230 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,000 head, selling a range of 216 to 229 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling the range of 68 to 75 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is down 20 basis points, 3 basis points, with the daily standard rate 1.2631. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.37 cents U.S. Daily U.S. contracts are higher in this holiday short week, with the negotiator standard crop belt 19 cents U.S. National dollar is higher, and the national cut adjusted base of dollar 6 relative to the previous day. 
breath. All readings are at their highest values in any mark going going back to 2014. When comparing these weekly benchmarks, they are between 45% and 58% of the air for the present mark and day week. While the daily value of the cutout remains at historic high levels for a pre-marketing with an exception for 2014 at the 2020 spike, flattening out appears to be developing sky for the first time since January. Net cut of an- and so the quote for Sig4 and Brandon and the Moose Jaw Plants, again on the rise, $220.18 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Federated Co-ops has rebranded its ethanol production facility in Belle Plaine, west of Regina, to align with the Co-op brand. The Co-op ethanol complex, formerly known as Terragrain Fuels, will continue to source its feedstock from prairie farmers and manufacture ethanol. The ethanol is added as renewable content to gasoline at the Co-op refinery complex for distribution across the Co-op retail system, serving more than 620 communities across western Canada. Federated Co-op says the acquisition of the facility is an important strategic investment. The Co-op ethanol complex produces up to 150 million litres of ethanol every year from 350,000 tonnes of wheat, corn, rye and triticale for more than 400 farmers. In addition to ethanol, the complex also produces about 130,000 tonnes of dried distiller's grain every year, used as a high-protein additive in livestock feed. Federated Co-ops acquired the plant in June 2019, which contributes 80 to $110 million a year to the economy. SAS Power has announced its first-ever utility-scale battery energy storage system in northeast Regina. The facility will support SAS Power's efforts to lower greenhouse gas emissions. A battery storage system will help SAS Power balance the power system when electrical demand spikes for short periods of time. It will also act as a support for intermittent generation options like wind and solar. The system will be able to power up to 20,000 homes for one hour. SAS Power plans to add 685 megawatts of new wind and 60 megawatts of solar in the next few years. Battery storage has more flexibility and can respond quicker to short-term power fluctuations than some conventional generating units currently on the system. Construction is targeted to start this summer and be completed by the end of next year and cost $26 million. On the markets, the TSX is up 45 points at 18,751. The Dow gained 35 points at 33,102. Oil is up 26 cents a barrel at $60.81 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 34 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.49 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.